old Hiram's barn had burned, and a cheerleader was spotted dashing for the woods with smoldering panties in hand. The ownership of the Pot of Gold Mobile Home Park had changed hands more than once, and the Dairy Delicious was currently run by a surly Hispanic whose tamales were noticeably better than his social skills. A New Age hardware store had come and gone, as had a veritable parade of wackos, including porn movie makers, tabloid reporters, feminist rabble-rousers, and militants. The Esso station had finally collapsed into an untidy pile of charred beams. Mayor Jim Bob Buchanan, who was still running the town as though he fancied himself to be Caesar Ozarkus, had put in a convenience store known by locals as the Quick Screw. Now it was gone, replaced by a good-sized store called Jim Bob's Super Saver Buy for Less. Not that we did. But there I was, discomfited by a sense that I should be, but most certainly wasn't, dressed in a navy blue skirt and white blouse, complete with a Peter Pan collar. What I was doing was eyeing the obscenities scratched on the lockers while I tried to remember the location of the cafeteria. I'd come in the right door, but had taken a wrong turn. The story of my life, perhaps. I strained to hear voices other than the ghostly echoes of Mr. Woolsey stressing the significance of cousines, which he'd pronounced cousins, and Lottie Estes explaining the role of potholders in a well-organized kitchen. The band room was down here, I thought, and the shop. The cafeteria was at the end of a different corridor. Seconds before panic sank in, I saw a light and headed toward it. Latecomers weren't streaming into the cafeteria like lemmings, but quite a few citizens were doing their civic duty. I nodded at Larry Joe and Joyce Lambertino, who for the first time in years had no children clinging to their legs. Elsie McMay toted a knitting bag only slightly smaller than a subcompact car. Kevin and Dahlia Buchanan struggled with a double stroller and two sleepy cherubs. Why they were there was bewildering, in that Buchanans in general have a poor track record in educational endeavors, and think a Ph.D. is a brand of motor oil additive. Kevin has been spotted puzzling over a soda can with a pop-top. Members of the Buchanan clan, scattered across Stump County like chickweed, are renowned for beetlish brows, yellow eyes, and thick-lipped sneers. They do not patronize the Brains Are Us outlet at the mall. One of the wilier members of the clan was seated at a table on a podium. Jim Bob Buchanan had his hand over the microphone as he hissed at his wife beside him. At one end of the table, Petite Buchanan appeared to be in the midst of a near-death, or perhaps near-life, experience. At the other end, Roy Stiver gazed at the ceiling, either composing poetry or doing his level best to transport himself elsewhere. Roy's the closest I have to a kindred soul in Maggotty. Although the company he keeps, Jim Bob and Larry Joe, for example, is suspect. I rent what we both laughingly refer to as an efficiency apartment above his antiques, 
new and used store. There have been nights we've sat in the dark and drowned our sorrows in bourbon and silence. And there was the night he started reciting Kipling, but we swore never to discuss it. Some episodes in one's life are best left on the ethereal plane. So be it, Gunga Din. Ruby B. and Estelle had saved a chair for me in the front row. I smiled and nodded at various folks, most of whom eyed me with some suspicion, since my involvement with the community stopped with handing out warnings for moving violations and shaking my finger at miscreants for such crimes as forgetting to pay at the self-service pumps. In my defense, I am always polite to co-launderers at the Suds of Fun Launderette, even offering to make change, and downright deferential in matters of prime produce at the supermarket.